Previously on Super Magic Force. The tavern bustled with many strange folks, and the hobbits looked around uneasily. Who's that cloaked figure in the corner? Fatty said, that's one of them rangers out of the wild. I'd steer clear of rangers if I were you. Hulko stood up on his seat, and to the surprise of all, he began to sing. Just then, Hulko was pulled off the table and dragged into a back room. I'm Hermione Ranger, and you have all been very foolish indeed. And now... Super Magic Force Wars! Super Magic Force Wars! Fanfiction crossover spectacular. From the quiet forests of Little Earth, to the sprawling cities of the wide world and beyond, to the planets of outer place, the multi-world is a battleground for the dual soul heroes. Each one a combination of two or more fandom favorites fighting to keep the seven stones of aggravation out of the hands of those who would destroy the easel of creativity itself. Written and performed by M.J. Maiello, and based on the greatest works of our time. Book Two, Tales of Little Earth. Episode 45. Setting, The Prancing Pony, The Village of Bree, Little Earth. Sam and Hulka were not quick to trust the ranger, but reluctantly accepted that Bob had indeed chosen her to lead them. And also I know her from school, Mary insisted. She's a hero dwarf like me. But she was only there for a couple of days. Hermione, where did you go? I did a wilderness explorer internship, she said. Why did you become a ranger? Doesn't seem like they have a very good reputation, Hulko asked. Becoming yourself is really hard and confusing, and it's a process. I was completely the eager beaver at school. I was the girl in the front of the class who was the first person to put her hand up. And it's often not cool to be the person that puts themselves out there. And I've often got teased mercilessly. But I found that ultimately, if you truly pour your heart into what you believe in, even if it makes you vulnerable, amazing things can and will happen. Wow, Sam said. You are truly inspiring. Please lead us. The next day, she took them deep into the wilderness. At a relentless pace, they traveled forests, meadows, and bogs. At night, they slept in a magical tent that she had produced from her shoulder bag. So you're friends with Bob the White? Hulko asked. The Titanium White? She corrected. What's Titanium? Sam asked. It's Titanium, not Titanium. Really, Sam? Well... Bob is the head of the White Council. He asked me to guide you to the Gathering of the Good. That night, she instructed them on how to make s'mores, after which they decided she was the most excellent wilderness guide ever. Soon the hobbits were nestled in the sleeping bags she provided, and they listened to her stories about growing up across the sea in the land known as the Wide World. The next day, they made a long journey that ended with a climb up a great hill named Weathertop, where the ruins of a tower lay. What was this place? Hulko asked. I read in a history of Little Earth that during the Big War this was a great watchtower where once a beautiful maiden was imprisoned. But she used her magic hair to escape. Luthien Tenuvia? The hobbits asked in awe. Is that what you call her? We call her Rapunzel, Hermione said. 
They asked her more questions about the big war as the moon rose, and she became so engrossed with the history lessons she was giving them that she forgot to set the wards she set every night. What was that? Sam asked, drawing his sword. Nine black shadows stepped from the blackness into the light of their fire. Give up the halfling, my blood, a raspy voice said. Expecto Patronum, Hermione cried, and her otter Patronus burst from her wand. But alas, her assailants were not Dementors. Ridiculous, she tried again, but neither were they Bogarts. Hoka was terrified as he looked at the creatures. He wished he could transform, but he was so scared he could feel no anger. His hand went to his pocket, and he wished for the first time that he had his uncle PJ's ring so he might turn invisible. Sam rushed forward and battled the wraiths, while Mary and Hermione cast spells. Fatty grabbed the sausages and tried to crawl headfirst into Hermione's handbag. You fool, the leader of the ringwraith said, as the jaw of the yellowed skull within his hood rose and fell. His open robe revealed a quite muscular chest of blue flesh. I am Skeletor, the Witch King of Agmar. No man may hinder me. Are you daft? Hermione asked. Do I look like a man? Oh. The Witch King paused. Um, time out, he asked, and the ringwraiths withdrew a few steps off, and huddling around each other began to discuss. Well, what was the prophecy exactly? One said. Not by the hand of man will he fall. Okay, but does the noun man here imply one of the masculine gender? I took it to be of humankind. Well, does that mean an elf can kill you? And it says hand. What if they gave you a good swift kick with their foot? But in the original context, an elf was speaking. Why didn't he kill you then? He wasn't a man. Maybe he was just being lazy. Well, what language was he speaking? I believe he spoke Quenyan, and the Quenyan word for male is Hanu, which clearly designates a gender. I think he said Lur, which is more ambiguous. Yes, but in everyday parlance, Sindarin was more widely used. And there the word Adan refers to the race of men. Does that include hobbits? Hobbits clearly descended from humans. That can't be true. Why not? Because I don't believe in evolution. If hobbits descended from humans, why are there still humans? We're wasting our time. They're just halflings and a girl. But then they realized that their foes had fled and were already down the hill. The Witch King would not be so easily defeated, and reaching into his cloak, drew a shining dagger and flung it at the distant foes. It spun with great speed as it flew toward them. Production Notes Yet again, Tolkien proves to be a great source for potential mashups. Since he was inventing a mythic past, he seems to like the idea of creating things that might have been the source for later fairy tales. The same way that Frodo's song from The Prancing Pony is a fictional source for the dish and the spoon and the cow jumping over the moon, Luthien, escaping by her hair, seems to prefigure Rapunzel. If you don't know who Luthien Tenuvial is, well, that's really cool. It's cool for you, because you still have some wonderful bits of Tolkien's world to explore. Luthien is pretty close to being the heart of the entire saga. She is the love of Beren and the ancestor of both Aragorn and Elrond. Unfortunately, Tolkien never finished a definitive version of the tale, but what we do have is really interesting. 
Christopher Tolkien edited and collected several versions of this story that Tolkien created at different times of his life. Some versions are more like a fairy tale, and some are pretty grim fantasy. Also, Hermione's response about becoming yourself is a direct quote from Emma Watson, who, for all of us, embodies the earnestness and good-heartedness of Hermione. General Disclaimer This is a work of fan fiction, satire, admiration, and love. It is solely for entertainment. I do not own the rights to any of the reference works. This includes, but is not limited to, The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, The Hobbit, Marvel Comics, The Wheel of Time, The Pelennor series, Game of Thrones, any Disney properties, or Norse mythology. I do not own the rights to any characters portrayed in this series at all, not even a little bit. The creators of these intellectual properties have not endorsed this work, and they almost certainly would not return my phone calls. The Harry Potter series was created by J.K. Rowling and is owned by Warner Brothers. The works of J.R.R. Tolkien are owned by the Tolkien estate. Specific disclaimer. Skeletor was created by Mark Taylor. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe are owned by Mattel. The Thundercats, including Panthro, were created by Tobin Wolfe. The Thundercats are owned by Warner Bros. Also note, Neil Gaiman, Hayao Miyazaki, George Lucas, Stan Lee, and Chris Claremont are just plain awesome. This podcast is and always will be available for free, and I am not and never will be making any profit from this podcast. All rights of the original intellectual properties belong to their respective owners. Please don't sue me. And then you take your marshmallow and put it on top of the chocolate and place it between the two graham crackers. And there you have it, a s'more. I learned to make them when I was at Camp Wakanda, which has no relation to the secret country. You know, the one that Black Panthro comes from. Why is it called a s'more? Sam asked. Well, I don't rightly know. I guess because after you eat one, you will want some more, Hermione said. All the hobbits laughed, finding this quite ridiculous. What's so funny? She asked. There seemed to be no end to their laughter. That doesn't make any sense, Mary said. Why wouldn't you call everything tastier s'more, then? Everything we eat, we want more of. As if to drive the point home, Fatty had immediately began to toast another marshmallow. These are amazing, he said, inspecting the bag. Where did you get them? Oh, they are easy to find in the wide world. <laughs> look, look at this clever packaging. Look at this cute brand character. He's a man made of marshmallows. Look at his little hat. He looks so happy. He looks like the most harmless thing. Oh. Look, he's a little red kerchief. I, I can't. He's just so funny. I, I suppose, Hermione said. I don't think I'll ever get the image of this guy out of my head. I, I, I just want to, I just want to pinch those cheeks. Super, Super magic, magic force. force.